You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Beatrice. Uh, it's great to be here. Actually, it's good afternoon, isn't it? We're in the afternoon now. <laughs> it's great to be here. It's great to see all of you. Um, today is special because as women, we get to come together and really um, be able to speak to one another um, from the heart. And uh, it's so encouraging to hear from other godly women that can really speak to us and meet our needs through the Bible. Um, so it's really a great opportunity um, you know, for all of us to just be able to um, be uh, encouraged from the Word of God and to really um, just be able to get a vision for God's will this year in our lives. So thank you all for coming. Um, I pray that you'll be edified and God's Spirit will work powerfully. I'm super encouraged to be able to speak to you today. It's an honor always to be at the pulpit. I'm sure the other speakers would agree. Uh, You know, in and of ourselves, we are nothing. But, uh, you know, we pray that God will work through our sinful hearts and really edify and His uh, Spirit will really work powerfully. The title of the lesson today is Forcefully Advancing the Kingdom. And in order to do that, we need to know where we're going, right? If we want to advance the troops, we've got to have a plan of where we're going to advance the troops. Well, first of all, uh, on Wednesday, we're able to come together as a central leadership group um, of of couples like the Fumbas, uh, the Gronwalds, Aula and Denise and uh, Michael and I was who else am I missing and then the hearts were also able to join us and we came up with some goals that I want to just share with you um, today and then you can write down and please keep those goals in your prayers one of the first goals that we have this year um, is a financial goal is um, finan- finances obviously are uh, what propel the kingdom we can forcefully advance by saving souls through the number of workers that we have in the field that's a pretty obvious equation and in order to do that we're going to need finances so one of the things that we pray is we're going to get finances through either raising our contribution or adding more souls to the church. And in doing that, we pray that we will be able to absorb the majority of the costs, if not all of the costs, to support the Fumba family um, here in London. LA currently is paying for their salaries. Uh, however, the, right now, there's not a ton of money going around, and that's really a burden on the LA church. And we really have faith that God is really going to build up the London church financially. The pound is the strongest currency in the world, not without a reason. God is looking to London, I think, to help support his movement here on earth. And I'm really honored to be part of that. Um, It will not be an extra burden on us. We don't need to think of it that way because we know that God has all of the gold and all the treasures in the world. And he will open his storehouse if we are... If we hold promise to his promises, if we are hold, you know, if we do our part, he will bring in the blessing. So our first goal is to support the Fumas financially this year. The second goal is for us to have 200 members by the end of this year. Currently, we are at 85. That is less than two souls per member for the whole year. You guys can do that. You guys can be personally fruitful with at least one, if not two. That is not asking a lot. We are serving a God that can do the impossible. But two souls is nothing for God. Nothing. So we need to have the faith and the confidence that God is with us. And we can impact the world. 
So our goal to this year is to be at 200 members by the end of the year. That's meaning that at least each one of us is fruitful. And if we can do another one, amen. That's going to go over 200 easily. So uh, please be praying for that. Our third goal is that we are looking at at really expanding the singles ministry. The singles ministry is one of the... uh, It's a fantastic ministry because they have the financial um, freedoms... And uh, they have access to a lot of high-powered men and women in the world. Uh, campus ministry tends to be a poor ministry. <laughs> Obviously, they're the ones that are, you know, they get financial aid and that's about it. And they have to eat at McDonald's or they, they live off the cookies and milk and sugar and coffee that this church provides. That's okay. But when you graduate, we're hoping that you're going to go and get great jobs as many of our singles and as one of our great singles, uh, campus students has now turned into a single, MJ has done. She has just got a job at one of the Southeast London hospitals. As a general practitioner. Um, and, you know, this high-powered position is awesome. She's going to be in touch with cardiologists. She's going to be in touch with nurses, dietitians, and just even the general public. Who knows? The President of the United States could walk into a hospital needing headache medicine. We don't know. So we really, 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 really want to build the singles ministry. In doing that, we need leaders, right? We need servants. So we have thought that uh, we're going to petition to God to allow Yomi to really um, not come out of the campus eventually and start taking over the singles ministry as a leader and we need obviously what well, a sister to help him and uh, as we one of the names that came up was MJ so she doesn't know that but we are praying that uh, God will make it absolutely clear for MJ to become one of the singles ministry leaders here in 2013 the other uh, ministry that we know God wants us to be very mindful of is the teen ministry yeah teams. Ashley is one of our teams. These are awesome women. These are incredible women. Maria Hart, who will share later today, was uh, her, she was baptized into the teen ministry at 16 years of age. And look at her now, 26 years strong, you know, doing great things for God. So we believe in the teens and we need leaders to help us shepherd those teens and to provide events for both kingdom kid teens, i.e. kids that are in the kingdom that haven't been baptized, and then teens that have been baptized so our goal there is to a couple of names that were mentioned were Dan Big Dan we all know Big Dan he's a cool dude big teen teen boys can want to kind of be like him the other cool dude is Christine Alamu and Christine has expressed you know a desire to help the teens she can really relate to the teen ministry and her heart is really something she also has a car which is helpful Uh, so uh, these are some names that we're praying about that we hope that God will really make clear and finally we um, are asking for um, prayers for uh, you know to start a West singles ministry where we hope that Victor and Yuri, who are um, kind of doing campus right now, will come out of campus and help support a West Side Singles and then eventually move a household out there. So those are our goals to expand into the West. But um, at this time, let us turn to Matthew 11, which is our theme scripture today. And we're going to really examine what, it, what it's going to take to really forcefully advance. Amen for these goals. And the reason for these goals is to advance God's kingdom in the teen ministry, in the singles ministry, in the marriage ministry. But what does God, God want us to do? How are we going to do that? 
And why should we forcefully advance? Why can't we just be okay with just coming to church on Sundays? Why do we need to forcefully advance the kingdom? What is it all about? Matthew 11, verse 11. Jesus is speaking here about John the Baptist and he says, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men and women lay hold of it. You know, God wants us to forcefully advance his kingdom. And he says that John did great things. In fact, he was, became a martyr for the gospel. He was beheaded for the gospel. Yet, God says that we can do even greater things and the least among the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. So if our heart is to force you that's God's kingdom, we are going to be seen as treasures to God. And we need to have that heart to become like that, to be able to... All Jesus did on his days of earth, on his days on earth, was to preach the kingdom of heaven, the gospel, the good news. And um, I think in order to forcefully advance the kingdom... We need to have a gratitude, first and foremost, for the kingdom. You know, amen. This is our charge. But unless it comes from a gratitude of the heart, it'll, be, it'll last probably a few days, a few weeks, a few years, and you'll kind of burn out. But with gratitude in our hearts, from where, remembering where we came, and what God has done in our lives, I think that we will do. We can, indeed, fulfill this passage. Turn with me, if you will, to... Colossians 1, I think it is. I'm going to read it out of the message version. Bear with me. Colossians 1. You can kind of read along or just listen to this because this is the message version is a loose translation of, um, of the Bible. But I just love the words. It's kind of more related to the uh, vernacular of today, of the modern speech. But Colossians 1, Paul says, I've been sent out on special assignment by Christ as part of God's master plan. Together with my friend Timothy, I greet the Christians and stalwart followers of Christ who live in Colossae. May everything good from God, our Father, be yours. Our prayers for you, sisters, are always spilling over into thanksgiving. We can't quit thinking, thanking God, our Father, and Jesus, our Messiah, for you. We keep getting reports on your steady faith in Christ, our Jesus, and the love you continuously extend to all Christians. The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack. Tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taught by hope. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. The message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger just as it has in you. From the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you've been hungry for more. It's as vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Epaphras. He is one reliable worker for Christ. I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love love had been worked through into your lives by the Spirit. Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the Master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting gritting your teeth, 
but the glory that strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the Son he loved so much. The Son who got us out of the pit we were in. Got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. You know, the Bible says that we are in God's kingdom. That we have been rescued from the pit. You know, do you see, do you feel that you were rescued? Do you really believe that you were rescued? Or do you believe that, yeah, yeah I, was, I was having a pretty good life. And, you know, I just happened to stumble on the kingdom. And a nice bunch of people started to buy with me. And, you know, they're really friendly. And I really like this particular sister. And, you know, she's kind of my buddy. And, yeah, I go to church. There's nice people. And, you know, it's like, I like to say that I'm a woman of God. And, you know, it's good. You know, that half-hearted like religiosity and yeah I go to church and or is it like I was evil mm-hmm. I was going to hell mm-hmm. yeah. Come on. I may have not had a sexual morality I may have been a virgin when I entered the kingdom of heaven but man mm-hmm. I was prideful mm-hmm. arrogant and disobedient mm-hmm. yeah. and if I was left to my own devices mm-hmm. I would have been a wretch That's right. but if you were like me you're like man I, well there was a pit I had had, before I came to the kingdom, at 30 years old, I had 30 years of living in complete and utter darkness. Started off great as a young child, obviously growing up in a family. Loved my parents, wanted to do great things, wanted to become a doctor. Sin entered into my, my, you know, into the, into my, my life through the sin of my parents, not knowing what to do. They were not God-fearing men and women. Dad was an alcoholic, sexually abused my sister and I. And sin entered my heart. I hardened my heart. And in order to cope, you know my story, in order to cope, I started to use drugs and alcohol because that was what I knew. Hey, you want to get happy? Have a drink. One drink felt really good. Started to feel really confident. Started to feel, wow, I'm not that bad. I don't have to hide anymore. Two or three drinks led to a lot of confidence and a lot of promiscuity. And I discovered sex, sex, and that felt great. I felt loved, I felt cherished, I felt wanted. And I hid behind a wall of drugs and alcohol to hide my true self, which is how God created me, and started to live the lies of Satan. And by the time I was 30, when I said, Jesus is Lord, I had had three abortions. I had been through a divorce. And I was on my, and I was a wretch. So I have no doubt. But I think for some of us who haven't, who can look at, look at me and go, well, I didn't really have all those kind of sins and I wasn't that bad. Mm. You know, I think we can think that we're kind of, you know, we're, God's lucky to have us. Mm. God's lucky to have me, wow. you know. I didn't go there. I was a good, pretty good girl. You know, God's lucky to have me. I'm pretty pure. No, the Bible is the standard. By the standard of God, you're evil. I don't care if you did what I did or you didn't. I'm not the standard, guys. Right? And I think some of us get really prideful really quick and think, you know, I didn't do all those things that you and this sister did and that sister did. You know, I was pretty, I was pretty together when I came into the kingdom. No, you were not. You were not. Remember from the height, the Bible says, from which you have fallen. That is for each and every one of you. I don't care how you grew up. 
You need to remember that you are in a pit and we are lucky to be alive in God's kingdom of wonderful light. Now our sins are light, the Bible says. That darkness, as we have exposed things that were shameful to mention in public, we confess those things to one another and we're still loved. Mm-hmm. You, we're still loved and now that darkness is turning into a light to save others and each one of you hold that light and I, I know that God is working through you guys so don't be ashamed just get up, dust yourself off and move on and, and preach and live as children of the light the Bible says, you are no longer the darkness and we are in the kingdom of God and we need to be grateful for what we have we are, we, the Bible says in Colossians let's turn to Ephesians 2 real quick this is a great scripture to remind us again of um, Colossians 1, another scripture that supports exactly what we just heard through the message. Ephesians 2 verse 11. It says, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles, i.e. all of us in this room, Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision. Remember that at t- that time you were separate from Christ. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You were separate. I don't care if you were immoral or not. You were separate from Christ. Right. Excluded. From the citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. Right now, Tim and Leanne are excluded from going to Paris. That really rots. Mm -hmm. That is awful. They feel awful. And that's how you you feel when you're excluded. Can you imagine? No, you can't get in. But I want to be saved. No, you can't get in. But God is saying, no, come. Come, all of you who are weary. You are part now of a citizenship of light. Before that time, you were foreigners of the promise without hope. Without hope. Hopeless. And without God in the world. Whether you thought you had God or not, you were without God. But now, sisters, in Christ Jesus, you once were far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now you are in Christ. That is your new identity. You're no longer foreigners and strangers. You have a new identity. You are subjects of God's kingdom now. Your sins have been washed away, forgotten. As far as the east is from the west, you are not, now you have a new citizenship. We are family now. Where else on earth are you, you are baptized into Christ and you wake up out of, the, out of the waters of baptism. You have 85 brothers and sisters in that room that love you. That you can share your ugliest thoughts, your ugliest sins, and they're like, Amen, I, I I trust you. I love you. What do you need? Food? What do you need? Mm-hmm. I've had so many people in my home. I can't count the number of people in my home. That's not because I'm awesome. That's because I believe that we are family. Mm-hmm. As I do unto them, I do unto Jesus. I'll have, come into my home. I'll feed you. I'll, Amen. Amen. That's brotherhood. That's sisterhood. Mm-hmm. I can go to any of our churches and be welcomed. Like yeah. more welcomed in the kingdoms than my own mm-hmm. flesh and oh, blood. Yeah. Right. Sadly. Sadly, and my, my sister and my brother, they love me. My mom sent me some money for Christmas for my kids. It's been a long time, but that was incredible. I was like, wow. Well, you know, she, doesn't, she doesn't do stuff like that. It was a blessing. I'm so much more loved in this church, so much more believed in in God's church. That's what you have. Are you grateful for that? Are you grateful? Or do you want to walk away? Or do you think, you know what? I'm okay. I've had a conversation with a sister three weeks ago, just before Christmas, she said, you know what, I'm bored. I'm bored. There's a better life out there. You know, I, I want to taste the world. I never had a chance to taste the world. And now's my chance. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, excuse me? 
what are you, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. What? And she goes, yeah, I, I feel great now. I feel like this was a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. A stepping stone. That, what? That's not in the Bible. A stepping stone. No, this is it. Yeah, yeah stepping stone to heaven. Mm-hmm. But if you walk out of that, you're in the world again, sister. Mm-hmm. You are in the world. You will not survive. The peace, the joy, the confidence you have right now, the sobriety in your life is because of Jesus. It is not because this is a stepping stone and you're just like, yeah, I got some love, now I'm out again. I'm out there, you know, I can do it on my own. I was like, you cannot do it on your own. You never did it on your own. You never did it on your own. 13 years ago, you were doing this, 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 and this. You were free. Okay, you were free. What did you choose? Sin. So you think now that you would understand sin and have some self-confidence and some self-control that in the world you're going to do great things? Guess what? Where does self-control come from? The Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit can lead all of us in this room, including me? It will leave me if I'm not close to God. That confidence, that joy, that self-control that I feel like, yeah, I don't need to drink anymore and I haven't drunk. Amen. For 13 years, I've been sober. Well, I haven't. I did drink drugs. For 13 years, I've never I haven't smoked marijuana. I used to have a habit of every day smoking marijuana to numb the pain of sexual abuse. Do I think that just because 13 years are under my belt, I've kind of made it? No. Tomorrow, if I walk away, it'll be a few weeks or a few years and I'll be using again. Trust me, that spirit will go. And the Bible says, when we sweep the house and have nothing in the house, in the world we have nothing. The spirit is no longer in that house. Seven demons more intense will come back in and take over my body. That is a promise. And that sister that chooses to walk away, that's, that's her destiny. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. That's the truth. Whether she believes it or not, it's still the truth. That's right. So I pray for this sister every day. And some of you may know who she is. Pray for her. And I pray. She will come back. I said, listen, you make your own decisions. I don't control you. you I'm going to warn you. But I don't control you. But if you go, this is what's going to happen. I have to warn her. As a, as a woman of God, I have to tell her the truth. And I said, when you come back, we're here for you. And you will be back, I pray. But you are not going to make it. Guys, do you, do you see the severity of the thoughts, of the inclinations of our heart to want to leave God, to leave God, or to, be, uh, to, have, to not be grateful for what we have? Are you grateful? Are you grateful? Do you see this as a treasure? And the girls are going to talk about that. This is a treasure. Don't take it for granted. I beg you. The Bible says that we were separate, without hope. You know, the world is hopeless. The hope is incredible when we think about hope because God gives us hope. When we enter in the kingdom, baby Christians feel like they can conquer the world, right? They come into the kingdom and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to do great things. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, my parents are going to make their disciples. I'm going to marry an evangelist. I'm going to go to Africa and Ireland and Russia and China and Nigeria. We're, you know, we have great dreams. I'm going to have kids. Have the perfect family. Then disappointments come in or struggles, someone dies. You know, we lose our hope. But the Bible says hope doesn't disappoint us. But we need to remember, and hope deferred makes the heart sick. But what is our hope in? You know, 
What is your hope in? We have to be careful. Yes, we want to have visions, but we, our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen. It is great to have vision. It's great to dream dreams. I want you guys to dream big dreams. I want you to think about your husband of the future. Amen. That's awesome. But if your hope is only that, you are doomed. Your heart will get sick in a matter of time because that hope will get deferred. We don't know God's timing. Yeah. Preferably, none of us entered the kingdom with false hope. None of us said, This is a group, group, nice group of friends. I've got no friends, so amen. Or none of us came and, oh, Well, some cute guys in this church. Maybe I'll get baptized and you know, hopefully I'll date. Hopefully, that's not our heart because you will get sick. Mm-hmm. But our hope needs to be in the blood of Jesus, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great experiment done at John Hopkins University that talked about the power of hope. There were two, two sets of group of mice, okay? They did an experiment. The first group of mice, they held tightly in the hands of the experimenters so that the mice could not move. The mice struggled, but, were, but, but, they, struggled, but they were not let out of their grip. They wouldn't let them. They were just completely immobilized. And after a period set of time, they were placed in a tub of water. These mice immediately sank, having learned that fighting was hopeless. The second group of mice were held in the lab technician's hands and the creatures were given some hope of escaping their grip. They they kind of got out and came back into their hands. So there was some hope there that they could actually get out. And eventually they were set free. But after a length of time, they were also dropped in the water and these mice, do you think they died? They immediately swam to safety. Why? Because they had hope. They saw if they struggled... And they could get out. There was hope. But the, the mice that were held in the, in the experimenter's hand and that there was no hope, they couldn't get out, they didn't even try anymore. They didn't even try anymore. The world is hopeless. Yeah. Guys, you are going to have struggles. But with God, you will overcome. That is the power of hope. That is the power in the blood of Jesus. That no matter what happens, we will trust in his promises and we will not let go. Amen. Amen. My second point is, the first point was gratitude for the kingdom. My second point is trust God. You know, I'm going for the heart today. I'm just going for the heart. I think if to- talking about gratitude or our heart, thinking thing is trusting in God with all of our hearts. These are how we're going to forcefully advance. I don't have techniques. I don't believe, you know, I think that we've got to go back to our heart and from there, it's the wellspring of life. That's where it all begins. Trusting in God, you know, the, you know, magazine. I have a Michael brought home a magazine. He found it on the tube or something. It was free. It was just like a women's magazine. I looked at the cover and it had all of these, you know, New Year sort of New Year resolutions. These are things that are on the hearts of women in January of, of this year. The new New Year, new you. You know, every woman is looking to be a new person. We want, don't we all want a clean start? You know, even if 2013 was a great year, you want a clean start and go, I can even do greater things. Maybe 2012 was a bad year. You're just like, hey, <laughs> rub that all out. Can we start over? Please don't remember how I was last year. This is a new start, a new adventure. We all want a new start. Women, uh, other things on the, this title of the magazine were best body ever. Then we want, you know, women are tied into the, our self-esteem is tied into how we look. We want to be beautiful. We want to be trim, taut, terrific. You know, another thing is do not worry, you know. Don't worry. How to have a worry-free year. You know, these are on the hearts. Women are worriers by, by, by nature. Yeah. We give in to our fears by nature. 
The other thing is find your perfect mate. Don't we all want to find the perfect mate? You know, <laughs> that guy that's going to be make us happy. You know, but as women in God's kingdom, we we don't need to pick up a January New Year New Year magazine, do we? Because every day we have we have we have the answers. Amen. We have the answers. Every day is a new you, new year. Every day, the Bible says we can transform our minds. We are new creations. Turn to um. Uh, Turn to, let's see. <laughs> let's see. Every new year, new you. Where was I going? Where was I going? Aha, Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Trusting in God. This is exciting. Matthew 13. We don't need to look at magazines. We don't need to look at self-help because we have the Bible. And in verse 11, this is what Jesus tells us. Verse 10, the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to the people in parables? Verse 11, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but to not, not to them. Guys, you have the secrets of the kingdom. Amen. The secrets of the God you have. Because you have obeyed the truth. And in verse 17, he says, For truly I tell you, sisters, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. That is amazing. That's what you have. Never ever forget that. It is not by chance that you are understanding the Bible. It is not by chance you've been taught the Bible. God wants you to hear his secrets. He's confiding in you guys. He's telling you his secrets. You, each and every one of you. You have the secrets. You don't need to pick up that magazine. Okay, this year, I'm going to get a better body. This year, I'm going to get my mate. This year, I'm not going to be anxious. And follow a, a t- you know, top 10 tips for less anxiousness. Best body. Diets. You know, all of these things are temporary. The Bible, if we follow it and we really apply it to our lives, we, are, we will be the best we we can be. You know, and that's, that's, that's the power of, of, of the secrets of the kingdom. We need to really believe that. The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, do not worry, right? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, are you seeking first his kingdom? You know, a sister said to me um, that it was really great. She said, you know, I'm really excited to just get back into the groove. Uni's been kind of, you know, there hasn't been a lot of studies. It's been a bit erratic. I'm just really excited to see God work. I'm like, yeah. She says, you know, I really want to you know, study the Bible and see God work with people. And I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. How do we see God work? Just by reading? No, we see God work by being evangelistic, mm-hmm. by putting it into practice. Mm-hmm. If your faith is low, read, amen, because faith comes from hearing the message, but faith also comes in doing. Yeah. We see God work when we apply it and, and, and advance God's kingdom. Yeah. You know, if you're not seeing God's work, just jump in a Bible study. Amen. It sounds basic. It's so true. When you are in the study and you see a woman's heart move because you're revealing to her the secrets of their kingdom, she's like, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. Or, oh my gosh, I'm a sinner. I didn't know. Wow. That's sin? Pride is sin? I thought pride was, you know, 
awesome. <laughs> I mean, that protects me from getting hurt, my pride. You know, I like pride. I'm, it's a scary world out there. There's vicious women. I need to be prideful at work, right? At school. You're kidding me? Some of these students, they'll take me out. That's how we can feel. That's how we can feel. Women are ruthless. We are ruthless in our sinful nature. We need to, but instead we're told to be humble and gentle and just forget about it because our treasure's in heaven. But we need to see God work. We need to get in studies. All of us, I pray you guys are getting in studies. Don't be deceived. We get distracted. Why was there Mary, Mary and Martha? Why wasn't it Mark and John? It's because Mary and Martha get distracted. Women get distracted, right? Trust me, I have a four-month-old baby. Oh, God. Every hour there's something I could get just, you know. I got, I got to tend to needs 24-7. I am a cow. I am a whatever. You name it. I love, my, I love being a mom. But that is not all I'm here for. I don't forget that I'm also here to proclaim the message. I was saved so I could save others. Not to be me, me, me as mama. Right? I love my baby. But I have to also kind of go, Amen, baby. Let me serve God now. All right, well, come on, baby. We're serving God together. That's kind of how it's been lately. You know, that don't use your children as a distraction or as an excuse. Don't do it. That is satanic. If you haven't been in a study, get in a study. Just get in one. Doesn't matter. Call Patricia. Call, call any Bible talk leader in the group and say, do you guys have a study this week? I could just jump in. Please, from my faith. What are they going to say? No. <laughs> They're going to say, yeah, come on, sis, please. I know, you know, Beatrice is a great example of just coming along for the ride. And look at her now. She's doing tape in ministry. She's singing, you know. And you just see the fear in her eyes, but she's still just going in, going in faith. Eventually, my, eventually I'll catch up my confidence, but I'll, I'll just serve. You know, I just, I just love that because, you know, I relate to her. I relate to her. I just was at the back just super fired up because I'm a fearful woman by nature, super fearful, conflict avoider, coward. I'm the, you know, the worst of the worst when it comes to that. Insecure. Even now, I'm insecure. Right? But I just trust God. Amen. And He will use us. Don't worry. Don't worry. We need to trust God to meet our needs. Finally, and write this down. James 2, 18 to 22, part of my point too was, you know, the Bible says that our faith is made complete by our actions. That is powerful. We need, because even demons believe, right? So we don't just want to be believers. We want to be action, women of action, action man, right? Wasn't that a figure? Little, uh, yeah. Barbie doll action man. We need to be action women. They didn't make an action woman, did they? Or G.I. Jane, maybe? Oh. Yeah. They was? What was her name? There was action girl? <laughs> A British one, maybe. I didn't get it in Australia. But okay, action. Okay, Britain. Action girl. <laughs> action girl. We need to be action girl. We need to put our faith in action because it's made complete by our actions. We want to be complete, right? Yeah. I don't want to be incomplete. We need to be complete. So let's make our faith um, complete by putting things in action. Finally, my third point, make every effort. Amen. We need to make every effort. Luke 16, 16 says, I mean, sorry, Luke 13, 23 through 24 says, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Many will try to enter and not be able to. It's not easy getting and staying in the kingdom. So number one, I said, you need to be grateful you're in it. Amen. 
you're in it now. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. If you're not in the kingdom, study the Bible. We'll tell you how to get in the kingdom. Right. Number two is that he says, make every en- effort, every enter to, to, to stay in it, to, to stay. We need to stay faithful. Mm-hmm. We need to make every effort to stay faithful. And I think there's a ton of scriptures that talk about making every effort. In Hebrews 4.11, you don't have to turn there. It says, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest mm-hmm. so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. We need to make every effort to obey, meaning to make every effort to obey God's word. We need to make every effort to just obey the leadership, even if we don't understand. We need to be open if we don't understand a leadership direction and ask, hey, I don't quite understand where we're going. Can you explain? We need to obey our leaders and submit, the Bible says, to their authority. Not because they want to lord it over you and we're trying to be dictators, but we're trying to go in the right direction. You know, can you, can you imagine trying to lead a classroom and these children are rebellious? No one's going to learn a thing. Obedience just brings order and peace. Yeah. You know, I think we've got to get out of our heads like someone's trying to control me because I'm taught to obey. You know, obedience can be kind of a... a, a Tainted word, loaded word, can be loaded. If we came from a background where maybe we were abused and authority was used to hurt us, we need to be obedient. We need to first and foremost be obedient to uh, um, the Bible. Is this your authority? In our marriages, is your husband the authority in your marriage? You know, that is a huge area of weakness in me. Being abused, I don't trust authority. And I can go to weird places but the Bible says I need to submit to my husband and I see it work. When I'm humble and pray, Michael learns his lesson. I don't need to do it. Truly. I'm just like, why don't I do it more? I mean, it's so true. Just take care of me. God will take care of Michael. It's not my role to disciple my husband. When I stand outside of my role, I'll, get, I'll be crushed. I'll be crushed. You know, Ephesians 4, 1 through 4, it says... Just write it down. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. You know, are we making every effort to um, to, to keep the spirit? Because right before that, it says in verse three, make uh, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. I think this talks about relationships. You know, love, love. We need to make every effort to love. Not only each other by keeping the bond of peace, and I do encourage us all to work out our differences, as the Bible says, you know, just between the two of us. And if it doesn't get, you don't, you need help, get help. But we need to constantly forge unity mm-hmm. with one another. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. In our marriages, we need to forge unity with our husbands. So we're one body, one person, not, not one, the mom teaching the kids one thing and dad teaching the kids the other, we need to be unified. And I, I think of, when I think of um, love, I think of, um, you know, I think for us, I think we can go even, we can, uh, John 15 talks about greater love. Mm-hmm. So we think of love, but John 15 says there's actually greater love. Okay, this is the love, this is the greater love that I want to, this is one of my goals for 2013, to have this kind of love, greater love. What is greater love? That, that she laid down her life for others. I want to lay down my life more because I can tend to be selfish. I want to have this greater love. When I think of greater love and the power of this greater love that we lay down our lives and what it can bring, it's amazing. And here's a great example. A sister that was baptized, a young woman was baptized in Paris named Deanna. She is from D.C. 
and she some of us well most of us met her she came here and visited mm-hmm. for yeah. a weekend yeah. Yeah. and she was like an exchange student similar to what Ashley is from New York yeah. so she came and visited got baptized in French mm-hmm. came to London went back to DC yeah. on arriving in DC 40 plus disciples 40 yeah. okay that's half our church yeah. showed up at the airport mm-hmm. to greet her and to welcome her back she'd never met one of those people not one of those people. She was baptized in Paris. Forty people showed up to the airport. Half of London showed up. Probably during a weekday when you guys are working in a school with a lot of distractions. Not just the, not just the mis- mis- missionary interns showed up. The forty people shows up. Who's also there? Mom and dad, brother, family, obviously, welcoming Deanna back. Her brother's there in the audience, in the in the fellowship, comes to church and becomes a disciple. That is a power of love. That is a power of greater love, of laying down our lives. You know, when we ask people, hey, come, please help us greet so-and-so. They're coming from Curacao. Fumbas came. Many of us came. I'm sure they were touched. You know, our small deeds, our small actions, you know, sometimes we think, I need to forcefully advance the kingdom. I need to be on the front line. I need to be general. I need to like make an impact and be all powerful. God speaks in the whispers. It's in the small acts of kindness and love that people can be moved to become Christians. So I encourage you guys, when you're asked to do things that seem kind of insignificant and like go to the airport, like if I don't show who's that's not really gonna be an issue, like Jen will be there. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Jen will, faithful Jen will be there. She'll represent. <laughs> if one person had showed up for Deanna's brother, yeah. I don't think he would be that impressed. No. But when 40 people show up for Deanna's brother, he's like, man, I want to join. Where do I sign up? Yeah. All right, guys, you are not insignificant. Your small acts make life changing changes in people's mm-hmm. life. Your small acts affect the destinations mm-hmm. of every person you touch. They can either go from your interaction to heaven or hell. That is scary, but amazing that God believes us that much. So guys, please make every effort to love and to serve and to stay focused and to be together, be unified and to be open. When I think of making every effort, finally, if you, I think of Second Peter 1. My final, final scripture, Second Peter 1, verses 5 to 8, it talks about making every effort to add to your faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. It talks about growing as a disciple. And my final point there is discipling and quiet times. We're going to grow the most when we are close to the Word of God and we're close to the person that's in our lives that helps us keep us accountable to living the life. How we seek first the kingdom, it says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. How do we seek righteousness, which is how do we live our lives? Through discipling, through accountability. It's not a, you know, I had a great conversation with Prisca. I was able to just share my heart, something I was feeling because I love her so much. I was like, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm preaching. I want to get, I wanna, I'm just going to lay it out. I'm going to, I want to be real. I told her how I was feeling. She, she's like, wow, that's awesome. Amen. And we were connected. We we're like, I love you. I love you back. You know, it was awesome. I was just honest. I was vulnerable. I was vulnerable about something that was felt weird in my heart. Nothing that nothing. She's like nothing that about her. It was me. I was feeling some things. I just said, Hey, I'm feeling this. Blah 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 blah. 
you know that through that kind of accountability I said hey I, I told her too I said I need you to keep me accountable I need your friendship I need you to be spiritual help me is that your heart I'm there are you there do you look at anyone and say help me I didn't just go to Prisca because she's lazy Paris I don't look at her like that just look at her as a buddy she's my age she's been there done that I'm just like hey I appreciate Teresa Teresa um, Scott yeah. I was going to say Teresa Broom. I say, hey Teresa, how are you? Been here, super this, super that. Gosh, this. I even had that thought. Just, just. She goes, oh. she's super real. Yeah. I soup every time I talk to that woman. She just, here's who I am. Like, God, I love you, Teresa. I don't worry about you. I don't worry about you. Because you're real and you, you see that your sin put Jesus on the cross and you want to repent and you're honest. Guys, we've got to step it up. Just be real and honest. You get with your disciples weekly. If you've got weird, weirdo thoughts, be open. <laughs> it's okay. Probably been there, done that. But be open. Um, so, God, God, guys, we, we're going to forcefully advance. We've got some great goals this year. God is doing, going to do immeasurably more than even what is on paper. This is pathetic to God. He's like, 200, whatever. I can do more than that. Guys, if you're here, new, I see a couple of new faces. I encourage you to study the Bible. If you've been around a long time, get in the Word. Repent, change your lives, and make 2013 God's year in your life. I love you guys. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org dot U-K. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.